Hey everyone, welcome to episode 85, Complimenting Yourself. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. This is going to be an awesome topic because last week we talked all about complimenting our kids. And the greatest way to compliment your kids is to compliment yourself first because when you see the goodness and amazingness in yourself, then you're able to see it in your kids because remember, projection is everything. So I'm going to start off by reading a review about our podcast because it is ours. Without you, there is no podcast. And the greatest gift you can give me as only the person who talks into the microphone is to write a review on Apple so it shoots it out to more people because Apple says, oh, this is a podcast that people like. You don't have to write something mushy-gushy, ooey-gooey. Just write something like, I like this podcast. Even giving it a rating of whatever rating you want to give it, just more activity to the app and to the podcast sends it out to more people. And also when you tag me in your stories, Oh my goodness, my heart does a flutter flutter. So this is from Isabel. She says, I love Kelly's podcast. She makes the concepts super easy to understand with great examples and tips to remember them. They translate perfect to real life and can be implemented straight away. Thank you, Kelly. Oh, from Canada. This is insane. Remember, I used to do this in the schools and the schools were only the ones I could reach in Naples, Florida. The only families I could reach were the ones in Naples, Florida. And all those beautiful families in Naples, Florida, Thank you for allowing me to pour into your hearts. Now, because of that gift you gave me, I'm able to pour in hearts all over the world. So we are in this together. So you know how I love to tell stories and you know how I love analogies. So I use this analogy about how we're talking to ourselves is kind of like our emails that we get in our inbox. So I just want to start off by letting you know that I know how hard you are on yourself because I used to be super hard on myself. That translated into being super hard on my kids and pretty hard on David. Because when you're super hard on yourself, it almost is like your brain is trying to protect you from vulnerability. So if we can just beat ourselves up first, then we don't have to risk failure. We don't have to risk rejection. We don't have to have any risk because it's almost like we're beating that thing we're scared of to the punch. So I also want to remind you and encourage you that you cannot get from point A to point B by beating yourself up. If you could, I would have a whole podcast on beating yourself up and how to do it properly. It simply doesn't work. Just like if you had a friend who was constantly beating you up, and I don't mean physically, but with their words, you're not good enough, you're lazy, you're sloppy, you're a procrastinator, get your act together, where's your discipline? Imagine if you had a friend come over to your house and talk to you that way. You'd be like, uh, you're not invited, okay? Sorry, bye-bye. A lot of you have received those messages from your parents when you were growing up, so you think it's factual. And I just want to remind you that projection is everything. The way that your parents thought about themselves was projected onto you. So once you get that, then you can step into emotional adulthood and say, oh, if that's the case, if my parents' opinion of themselves was projected onto me, eureka, that means my opinion of myself today is what I'm going to project onto my kids. 
So the way that you talk to your kids is actually a screenshot into how do you talk to yourself. And when you clean up the way you talk to yourself, guess what happens? You clean up the way you talk to your kids. It's like magic. Now, this doesn't mean you can't give yourself pep talks. You can't catch yourself beating yourself up. But you take it with a grain of salt because you know that it's just your brain's job doing the brain's job. You don't get angry about it. And you can kind of coexist with both of them being there at the same place at the same time. Because a lot of times clients will come to me and say, I just wish I had different parents. If I had different parents growing up, then my life would be completely different. Now, if that was the case, I would put you in a time machine. I would make that happen. But spending our time in that energy doesn't serve us. And we can still think it but it doesn't serve you. It doesn't get you from point A to point B. It just makes you feel stuck because then you're a victim of your past and victim of what they thought about themselves projected onto you. So I want you to take all the messaging and all the conditioning and all the subliminal messages you received as a kid, process that as an adult, and then have some empathy and compassion for the little girl or little boy that went through whatever you went through. And talk to that little girl and talk to that little boy with your grown-up eyes and your grown-up heart. Like, wow, that was really tough what you went through. That is the greatest way I know to not repeat old pain in current time. It's creating consciousness around that, having empathy and compassion for that little girl and that little boy instead of repeating it to try to heal that old wound in current time. And I love this quote by Carolina Kirkova. She says, talk to yourself like you would to someone you love. We talk a lot about complimenting ourselves and self-love and self-care. And it's so important because you can't pour from an empty cup. When you get on an airplane, they say put on your oxygen mask first so you can help those around you, especially small children. And that goes true with life. If you are empty in your bank account, you can't give money out. That's very obvious when it comes to banking. The same thing comes to our emotional health. And I love this quote by, it came from on Instagram from at whole self. And they say, self-care isn't always chocolate cake and trips to the spa. Sometimes it's meal planning, going to bed early, or letting go of a bad friend. It's forgiving yourself for not meeting your own impossible standards and understanding that you are worthy. Always. Self-care isn't just luxuries, but a means for survival. Now, this is really important because a lot of times we don't have consciousness around it. And I always tell you about the time Tina Tice said, Kelly, can you go 24 hours without complaining? I'm like, of course, I'm happy Hutchison. I'm positive Patty. That's going to be so easy. And I spent the next 24 hours pretty nice and positive on the outside, but I was beating myself up for full 24 hours. I didn't even know it because I never thought about my thinking. And it was such a eureka moment of like, holy cow, if I talk to my sister this way or my friends or my kids or David or my neighbors, I would have no friends. My sisters would never talk to me. My kids would think I'm a meanie pants. And David would be like, you can go pound sand. So just remember the way you talk to yourself really matters because it's the way you talk to your kids and it's projected onto them. So cleaning that up and being kinder to yourself, you will be blown away how much kinder you are to your kids. How do I know? Because I spent the first five years beating myself up because I wanted to be the perfect mom and the perfect wife and the perfect homemaker and the perfect teacher and the perfect counselor. And I was exhausted. And so I was super hard on everybody around me because I was super hard on myself. I am in the process of unsubscribing to a lot of my junk emails that I've received because we were on a trip in December. We went to an Airbnb. And the directions to get into the Airbnb were so detailed. It was like Mr. David, the details, even him who loves details was like, whoa, that's a lot. 
And David is the type that has details and then details within the details and then details within the details. And he thinks of them all. His brain, I'm like fascinated by him. I'm always watching him like, whoa. His brain thinks like a spreadsheet in Excel because it's like he has systems and then he has systems for his systems for his systems. So this email was super, super detailed. And even he was like, whoa. So we get to the Airbnb and I go to pull up the email of how to get into the condominium building. And I couldn't find the email. It was scattered between Bed Bath & Beyond and Best Buy and all of my junk email and emails from the school. Not that that's junk email, but it was just scattered and smattered and it was like all intertwined. I was like, I can't find the email. And we're all excited to get into the condominium and see the place and unpack and go explore. And we have a luggage cart and everything's all set to go. And I'm like, scroll, 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 scroll. And then I'm doing a search by Airbnb I'm doing a search by all the different things and I can't find it. I'm like, this is so frustrating. And David's like, I might have it. He pulls out his phone literally within 4.2 seconds. He's like, oh, here's the code. I'm like, what? How do you do that? And I looked in his inbox and he had like five emails. I'm like, what? What do you do with the emails that you don't know what to do with the emails? He's like, well, I just file them. And he just said it so matter of factly, like, duh, doesn't everybody do that? Because it's so natural to him. And then another time, we were coming back from Christmas break and Grady had his spelling words that he wants to study on the way to school. He likes me to quiz him and he likes to see how fast he can get them. He's like, I bet I can get them before we're out of the driveway or be out of the neighborhood. He's always trying to like beat his time from the previous day. I'm like, all right, I'm sure I have that email from your teacher, but the email was two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh dear. And so I'm looking and looking. He's like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. I'm like, I know bro, but I can't find the spelling words. And he goes, just look on daddy's phone. Sure enough, one of those five emails was the email from the teacher with the spelling words. I'm like, this is life right here. This is how I wanna live my life. I wanna live my life very clean, very simple, and not so chaotic and cluttered. And I think I do a pretty good job in the physical world, in the closet, in the house, mostly because I live with a minimalist, but it doesn't come natural for me. So in my inbox, in my email, I wanna do the same thing. So I found that this was very difficult. So I have four different email addresses. And so I thought I'm gonna sort my email because I don't wanna delete them all, but I want to have all the school and vacation and family emails for one. Then I wanna have all my business emails for another. And then I wanna have, I like all getting all the promotions. I like getting the coupon codes. I like knowing what's on sale. I like getting the emails from other parent coaches who are doing the same work, sending their messaging because I learned so much from their messaging and I learned so much listening to their podcast. So it's not that I wanted to delete it all. I just wanted to be kind of more organized and more categorical, if that makes sense. And so I want you to think about the same way with your thinking, that you have tiers of thinking where you allow some of the negative thinking to come in, the junk thoughts, the ants, I call them. I didn't come up with the term. I don't know where it came from. So please source me if you know. ANTS stands for automatic negative thoughts. I want to have access to those. So I'm kind of onto myself, but I don't want to delete them altogether. But I want to put them in an email box that I can check when I have some extra time to see what the sales are. And then the more pressing things like how to get into an Airbnb when everyone's standing there with a luggage cart staring at you, then I'm like, oh yeah, it's right here. And then emails from clients and reviews and things like that in another box. Putting them in different categories is the same way I want you to think about your thinking and how you're talking to yourself. Because when you're super hard on yourself and that's the basis of how you feel about yourself, then that bleeds into everything else that you're doing. And so I want you to allow the thoughts to come in and take it with a grain of salt based on which inbox that it's in. Now, if I have an email from his teacher or Lily's teacher, that's high priority. If I have an email from Bed Bath & Beyond, their newest 20% coupon, which I have 7,422 of them, it's still something that I listen to, 
but it doesn't get on a megaphone. So the grain of salt is much smaller. It's like a speck of salt. Grain of salt from the kids' teachers, very high. The kids' sports coaches, very high. How do you get into an Airbnb? Very high. Bed Bath & Beyond coupons, lower. Not very low, like it doesn't matter, but just allowing it at the same time. Because I want you to remember, I say this a lot. I don't think I've said it enough for you, but you have a one in 400 trillion chance of being on this planet, just being born. So in that, in itself, you are a miracle. And you need to remind yourself of that because when you see the miracle in yourself, then you see it within other people. So imagine if, let's say you hold me in high regard, you think highly of me or of your neighbor or think about that mom that you're just like, oh my goodness, she has it all together. That's why I'm always telling you what my junk thoughts are because if I tell you, you guys, I'm just not good enough. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not good enough at keeping up the house. I'm not good enough at managing a business. I'm just not good enough at it. What would you tell me? You would give me the pep talk. So I get all of the emails from you encouraging me because you see whatever you see in me is laying dormant within yourself. So when I shine my light super bright, then you're able to see the light within yourself. Self-love, it's not easy work because you have to lean into vulnerability and you have to have a relationship with yourself and you have to spend time with yourself and you have to listen to your thoughts and you have to be okay with all of it. So that's why I want you to kind of tear it a little bit and just think about your thinking and listen to your thoughts. Because I ask all the time on Facebook, how much alone time do you have every day? And it is like zero, 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 negative, negative two hours, negative zero hour in the shower. Does that count? And it doesn't count. Just like a relationship that you have with your spouse or your kids takes time to thrive, you need to spend time with yourself so your relationship with yourself can thrive. Because putting everybody else first and putting yourself last on the list, I don't know about you. I've tried it. It didn't work for me. And it leads to burnout. It leads to overwhelm. It leads to people-pleasing, compare and despair. It's not really working. And then we teach our kids to put everybody else first and then put themselves last because they're like, well, mom did it. She's so selfless. She put everybody else before her. And if it's working for you and you're happy and fulfilled and not feeling burnt out, then keep doing it. But if it's not working, then we need to change it up a little bit because you can't pour from an empty cup. The problem is we're so afraid of vulnerability with ourselves because when we have vulnerability with ourselves, then we have to think about the pain. We have to feel our feelings. We have to go back to the scene of the crime. Like if there was a car accident, going back to the scene of the car accident. Now, I'm speaking in analogies. There was no actual car accident, but you have to go back to that old pain and think about it, feel it, talk to it with your grown-up eyes and your grown-up heart. And that is hard, bro. This is not an easy sell. I'm like, here's your path to healing. Go feel your feelings. Go feel pain. They're like, what? How is that healing? Because you can't get around it. You have to go through it. And I could give you a pep talk, your husband could give you a pep talk, your wife could give you a pep talk, your kids could give you a pep talk, your best friend, your sister, your greedy, greedy grandpappy. But it's like filling a bucket that has holes in the bottom, H-O-L-E-S. And those holes, then you just go back to the water spigot and try to fill it up with more water. And you're always trying to seek that value and worthiness from an outside source. That water will run dry and that water will also get tired because it will say, I've just told you this two weeks ago. Because we're looking for value and worthiness through other people, other experiences, other opinions, other comparisons, other scales. And that's why there's so many holes in the bucket. I want to say dear Liza so bad. Because you have to actually feel the fear of becoming the best version of yourself. And that's tough, bro. But feeling stagnation, I always say, is so much harder. 
And it's not like Stuart Smalley, you know, from Saturday Night Live. I like myself. I love myself. People like me and I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and people like me. That's part of it, the way you talk to yourself. But it's the energetic shift that you have that you actually believe yourself. And then you have actions that back that up. That's why I encourage working out, eating clean, meditation, journaling, listening to this podcast. Not because you want to check a box, but because it happens organically because of your opinion about yourself. So then when other people have different opinions of themselves that are projected onto you, you can see it for what it is because you're like, well, wait, I don't understand why you think that about me because I don't have purple hair and she just said I have purple hair. The person who's saying that probably has purple hair. So then you just have empathy and compassion for them because they have purple hair and they're projecting it onto you and bathing in self-loathing and I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. When that's at the backbone of everything that you do, then you focus on willpower. This is a cycle. So at the backbone of everything is I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not value. Pick your favorite. For me, it was I'm not perfect. I'm not a perfect mom. If I can't be perfect, then I'm not going to try it all. Can't be the perfect wife. I'm not going to be a perfect wife. Can't try it all, anything at all. That's why the B minus work has been so life-changing for me because I still shoot for the A. I can still see the little girl in me wanting to get straight A's on a report card, even though my parents didn't even care about grades. But I still want the straight A's in life because if I get the straight A's, then I don't have to have any fear of other people's opinions, of other people's judgment, of criticism. But I'm here to tell you, when you get the straight A's, You'll have someone in your life saying, oh, she's so perfect. I just can't ever measure up to her. I'm never going to be like her. And so they use your straight A report card as evidence against themselves of them not being worthy. And you're like, wait a minute. No, I thought perfection meant no one was ever going to criticize me. You can't get away from it because it's the way you think about yourself that means more than what other people think about you. So whatever your goal is, if you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to become a life coach, you're trying to have more happiness in your marriage, you're trying to have more money, you're trying to be slimmer, you're trying to be kinder, whatever it is, you can't get from point A to point B by beating yourself up. Just like if you're a coach of a soccer team, laying into the kids and yelling at them and being super hard on them, it's not gonna make them play better. If it was, I'd say, do it. I wouldn't encourage the yelling, but if being super hard on your team is making them play better, then be super hard on your team. But I find, in my experience, it backfires. It does the opposite. But when you know that you're worthy and you're valuable and you're whole, all the things that some of you think about me if you think that about yourself, then you're going to start seeing that in your kids. And when you're super hard on yourself, you're going to be super hard on your kids. When you're super kind to yourself, you're going to be a lot kinder to your kids. You still allow the junk thoughts and automatic negative thoughts to come in, but you put them in the Bed Bath & Beyond coupon pile. You don't put them in the pile of teacher email, coach's email, emails from Lily's doctor. You don't put them in that pile. And you can kind of sort through them and give a bigger grain of salt based on the thoughts that you want to think versus the thoughts that were put there by mom, by dad, by coaches, by your teachers, by society. A lot of my junk thoughts started happening when I was in my 20s. My parents had nothing to do with any of it. Struggle with infertility, huge factor of not being good enough. And I had evidence to support it. Doctors were telling me you're not good enough to have a baby. I was like, okay. So then once I had the baby, I was like, maybe the doctors were right. When Lily would cry or be in the grocery store, I'm like, maybe the doctors were right. Some of you are saying when your kids act up or they get an F or they don't make the team or whatever your barometer is for measuring your worthiness, then you might say, maybe my mom was right. Maybe my dad was right. I knew my mom was right that whole time. All those times she told me I was lazy because I can't get off the couch. See, she's right. So you have to think about what's in the background because what's in the background, then you're in the cycle of you try super hard, you white knuckle it, 
And then obviously willpower is going to weaken because when it's fueled by overwhelm and confusion and not being good enough, when that's the fuel to your gas car, it's going to peter out real quick. So willpower won't work. And then you might have a failure. You might eat a ding dong. You might get rejected by someone. You ask to be their life coach and they say no. Or you might have a spat with your spouse or your kids might be upset with you. And then you're like, yep, they were right. That person was right. Or sometimes the messages are put there by yourselves. Yep, I was right. I'm not good enough. And then you have guilt and shame. You beat yourself up. Starts all over again. Because at the core is not being good enough. But there's good news. When you know that you're worthy and whole and there's no one that can do anything about that to put a dimmer switch on it or brighten it up, that you're as is because you're a 1 in 400 trillion chance of being on this planet. You're flawed and awesome. You're a combination of both and everybody around you is a combination of both, then you're like, huh, this is pretty cool. Because I asked on Facebook the other day, I said, what's something that you love about your spouse that also drives you crazy? That same thing. And mine was, I love how helpful David is around the house and how he just cleans and he's organizing and everything is just so. And what drives me bonkers is that he cleans and he organizes and everything has to be just so. I'm like, chill, bro. But then when he goes out of town, I'm like, hurry home, bro. And there was so many of you that shared such good examples of like the husband that provides and he works so hard and he's amazing at his job. And then what drives you batty is that he works so hard. He's so committed to his job. And you're like, are you ever going to come home? There was another mom that said, I love how my husband can fix anything. And then she said, and it drives me crazy because our shed is filled with so much stuff because he can fix anything. So you see how there's polarity in all of it. And I said, do the same thing with your kids. What drives you crazy about your kids? See how there's a polarity in it? And so you have that same polarity living inside yourself. You can be really, really good, and you can also annoy the people in your family and still be really, really good. I annoy the people in my family all the time, and they still love me a lot. They annoy me a lot, and I love them a lot. The cool thing is now we're open about it. and like, these are the things that are awesome, and then these are things that are annoying. And they're like, yep, I know, I know, I agree. Because a lot of times it's the same thing. I love how organized Lily's room is and how she's so organized. And then what drives me bonkers is that she's just like David. Everything has to be just so. Who came in my room and moved my pen? I'm like, uh, how did you know that? That's crazy. And then I love the way that Grady's so go with the flow and easygoing. And then I'm like, uh, Grady, can you like put a pep in your step, please? And he's so kind. And he's so friendly to everybody. And I'm like, uh, is he going to be like the, my fear goes to, is he going to be a pushover? Is he going to be a doormat? But your brain can live in those both places. So during this next week, I want you to think about your thinking. I want you to talk to yourself the way you would talk to your sister, your brother, your kids, your spouse, your loved one, your best friend, that person in your life. How would you talk to me if we were meeting for coffee? All the compliments you want to give me, I want you to give them to yourself. Find out your love language. Give that to yourself first. Mine's words of affirmation. That's why I have so many quotes. If you're quality time, then that means you need to spend time with yourself. If your words of affirmation, you better clean that up right quick, bro. If you're gift giving, go on Amazon, go to the dollar store, send yourself some flowers. It's going to be okay because when you're not looking external for that validation and not to fill your bucket, you give it to yourself first and then anything anybody else gives you is extra credit. And then you're pouring into them from a full cup versus a cup that has holes in it because you're waiting for them to fill it up. So it's very like, what have you done for me lately? like, no, what can I do for you? Because I'm so filled with this love for myself because you're feeling your feelings, you're feeling your pain. You're knowing that every human on this planet does not get through life without feeling pain. It's part of the human experience. I feel it. 
you feel it, your neighbor feels it. And if you know that everyone's walking around not feeling good enough in some area of their life, then you're like, oh, this is part of the human experience to feel the feelings, feel the pain, touch the bruise instead of running from the bruise and buffering away from their feelings because it doesn't feel good. Because what we do in the meantime to buffer away from those feelings feels even worse. It's that pain versus pleasure. Pleasure now, pain later, or pain now, pleasure later. And I will tell you, Tony Robbins says, the more you resist, the more it will persist. So talk nicely to yourself. Treat yourself kindly. Compliment yourself and things that you're really good at. And it doesn't mean you're going to get cocky. It doesn't mean that you're going to have a big head because you've tried the beating yourself up. And how is that working for you? It's not really working to get from point A to point B. If it worked, I would like literally be all in but I just find it doesn't work, but you can still allow it at the same time and just put it in the inbox with Bed Bath & Beyond and say, I see you brain. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to protect me. You don't get mad at the Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. You just put it in a different pile and you will see your life change dramatically because then you're not going to your kids and spouse and your most vulnerable relationships seeking that value and worthiness compliments and not seeking that to fill your bucket because you're going to do it for yourself and then you're teaching them how to do that in the process. I hope this helped. I'll talk to you next week. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.